are so excited that you joined us for worship. Our pastors and church family are praying that the favor of God will be on your life and that this word will help propel you into greater purpose. We hope that you are blessed by the following message. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. We are so excited to have every one of you here in God's house, both of you watching us live and those who are watching us from all over the world on our online campus through Periscope and YouTube. Would you help thank God for our online audience that's viewing us today from all over the world? I want to, um, I, I, some things happen that are so great around here. Because our church is so great, sometimes moments can be missed to really honor great moments because we're just used to greatness. Um, but I don't know how many of you really paid attention to that video and the announcements at the end of that, but that was really amazing. And uh, we have a lot of creatives, and I'm really believing this year, 2018, that God wants to push our creatives, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, to make the house great more than they're looking to make their career great. Only a couple of people said amen right there. And, and it's amazing to see the gathering together, the teamwork, and the hard work. Uh, for years, uh, we've had like one individual for years that was trying to hold up the production area pretty much by herself for years um, to, to see the thing move forward. But I thank God for progression. I thank God for Elder Diana Dumas pouring herself into others. Wave your hand, Blondie. And... Uh, but I also want to thank God for those who just stepped up to the plate and say, I want to serve. How can I be a part? In that video, the project manager for that video is Daryl Fry. Did he come to church today? Because it's going to be real sad if his butt ain't here. See, this is what I don't like to do. We're not saying nothing else about him. Next. Um, the person that produced the music uh, for that is this man right here, Daryl McKinney. <laughs> Text him and tell him he needs to have his behind the church. Um, and then... Um, also, I want to thank God for uh, the poet that was on there. Losing. Next. Um, I, want to, I want to thank Danielle. She's at the Temecula campus. Let's thank God for her and her absence. And I know the other guy on the video is not here either. So praise God for everything um, that we're doing. Get to your word, Isaiah chapter 58 and 12. We're going to get them together and get them disciplined, but we still honor them. And we appreciate what they did to create that. But how many of you know that before we're going, I'm going to teach you the principle because some of you get offended for people and no reason to be offended for them. We believe that one of the first steps in this house before you can get to a place of operating and doing extra stuff is that you do your first things first. And your first things first is to be at the house of God. Talk back to me like I'm talking good. Yeah, the rest of that's extra. So we want to be plugged in in our Sunday experiences. All right, Isaiah 58 and 12. Are y'all rocking with me today? How many of you appreciate a pastor that will lead you the right way? Yeah. Isaiah 58 and 12. I'm so excited about that. I've extended. This was supposed to end last week, but I've extended this series into today. I believe that God wants to say something to you. We just had a powerful time in Compton, California this morning. When I tell you the glory of the Lord fell in such a way that demons literally begin to cry out. And God began to deliver and God began to set free. Let me tell you something. A lot of times you love how you first start a season, but you got to learn how to end one strong. Y'all quiet in here. And some of us haven't learned how to end seasons. You end seasons wrong. You end seasons with regret. You end seasons with a bad attitude. You end seasons with having conflict. But how many of you know that God will have you end the season well? Talk to me in here. 
And boy, do we end well. It's the last of our Sunday morning worship experiences in Compton, and we're looking so forward to starting Tuesday nights in L.A. Um, in January the 9th. We're so excited about that. And so we'll still be in L.A. County. Great things are happening there. It was powerful, man, what God did. Um, amen. It was good. And I want to praise God for both Pastor Byron and Pastor Crystal who joined me there this morning. Stand up. And uh, Byron, stand up. They're phenomenal, man. Thank you so much. Isaiah 58 and 12. Are you there? Are you ready for the word? The Bible says your people, and I'm reading from the NIV version today. Um, so it says that your people will rebuild the ancient ruins. And will raise up age-old foundations you will be called repairer of broken walls restorer of streets with dwellings I want to minister a word this afternoon entitled use it use it thank you all so very much last week we talked about part two um, of the message do it again and we dealt with this idea of what restoration really looks like how many of you were blessed by that word last week the restoration we talked about last week, that um, coming to the condition of needing restoration comes from two places, just a quick review, that sometimes it's the plan of the devil. Um, we saw in John 10 and 10 that the Bible says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. So we know that sometimes us needing, um, needing restoration comes from the place of the enemy's activity in our lives. And then secondarily, a lot of times we find that us needing restoration comes from us missing the mark. The good news was out of the message that it doesn't matter how we got to the condition of needing restoration, God is a restorer. And restoration or restoring means to bring back to God's original intent. What did God want it to look like in the first place? And we talked about how God wanted to restore us in our health, in our time, um, in our energy, come on, in the years that have been lost. We knew that God wanted to restore us. But today, I want to deal with this concept of rebuilding. This concept of rebuilding. And our text today in Isaiah chapter 58 and 12, what the NIV version says, your people will rebuild the ancient ruins. Um, this word ruins in the Hebrew, in this original language, means a decayed place, a desolate place, um, a place of destruction, a place where waste has been laid. I want to talk to you about ruins today for a moment because everybody in our life, everybody in life has ruins. What changes the game or the difference between you and I is how we respond to ruins. I want to say it again because if many of us have uh, felt like because we have ruined type experience in our lives or we can see ruins around us that somehow there's something wrong with us if we see desolate places or we see walls that are broken down or we see situations that seem like they're in decay things that are happening that's just life somebody holler back life yeah, that's just life. In life, you're going to have ruined situations. And sometimes church people can look so pristine and perfect that y'all act like y'all ever had no ruins. Y'all act like y'all have never been through nothing. Sometimes you act like you have never had some things. You look around in your life and be like, that look a hot mess. How in the heck did that happen? You look at some stuff sometimes, and maybe I'm the only one, but you look at some stuff in your life, you're like, my God. Stuff that has been ruined in front of us. And if we don't have the right level of faith or the correct perspective, sometimes we'll respond in the wrong way concerning ruins in our lives. But I want you to understand, if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, there is a purpose for everything in your life. 
There's a purpose for everything in your life. It doesn't matter. It's not just the good times that have purpose. It's the ruined times. It's the, it's the bad places that have purpose as well. It's not just the good days, my friends. It's the days that seem sad. It's the days that bring frustration. It's the days that bring anger. It's the days that put you in a place where you want to give up. Those days can be used as well. And I know you got ruins in front of you, but my question is, what you going to do with them? How will you handle the ruined places? Because many of you at the end of your year, 2017, upset because of ruins. Upset because of things that have fallen apart. You're, you're upset because of the earthquakes that life has brought and, and the destruction that has come nigh your dwelling place. All these kinds of things that have happened. And you're like, God, I really thought I would get more out of my year than what I have experienced. Anybody will admit that you might have been in that kind of place where you're like, Lord, look at this here. It is just ruined. And some of us became frustrated because we know some of our mouths got us in hard places. Hello, y'all quiet in here. <laughs> Some of our actions messed up our situation. Come on. Some of the way we behave begin to mess up our stuff. And we're like, God, what am I to do with these ruins? And I got a prophetic message to you today from heaven to you. Use it. I said, use it. Use every ruin. Use every desolate place. Use every broken down wall. Use every broken relationship. Use every broken opportunity. Use every closed door. I wish somebody holler, yes, you got to get to the place where you comprehend that God wants to use what seems ruined. When I was thinking about rebuilding, I, I went over to see one that I consider a master rebuilder. He was not only a prophetic picture of what the prophets looked like, he was also an apostolic picture of what the apostles looked like, and that is the man named Nehemiah. And, uh, and, I, and I went over to Nehemiah in the second chapter, and begin to look at some of his experience in the rebuilding process. He's kind of a guy that's kind of mastered what it looks like to take ruins and to put it together. I just got some mail from heaven real quick that I want to release to somebody. Somebody in here today feel like your family is in ruins. This is a real word of knowledge. You're sitting here right now feeling like your family will never be put back together again. But I want to prophesy to somebody that wants to receive this word before the year turns out. Y'all want to work with me. I said before the year closes, God is about to work some miracles in families and what seems like it's ruined, God is about to put together a year. He said use the ruined places. Praise boy. Thank you, sir. It's important for you to understand that God wants you to put the ruins to work. <laughs> I told you before, stop wasting the horrible experiences. Stop wasting your pain. Stop wasting your heartache. Use it. If this fool gonna try to take my life, I'm gonna use what he thought he was gonna use against me, against his kingdom. Huh? You thought you were gonna tear me apart? I got news for you, fool. I'm gonna take what you thought was gonna ruin me, that was gonna tear my life to pieces, and I'm gonna tear your kingdom down. Look at somebody say, just like that, just like, just like that. ruins. Nehemiah, oh my God, Nehemiah, thank you Holy Ghost. 
Nehemiah in Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 2. Somebody just got fired. And I want to tell you something about the grace of God. Don't you dare be disturbed. And don't you dare trip out because you lost that child. Because the Lord said, I'm going to allow that experience and I'm going to allow that circumstance to bring you into your next open doors. The Lord spoke to me the night of Monday Night Madness. And I begin to hear at the end of the worship experience the slamming of doors. And the Lord told me to tell his people, I'm about to start closing doors hard. I'm going to slam it. I'm going to slam it hard. And he took me over to Revelation. And in the book of Revelation, he said that he'll close doors that no man can open. I know all you want is open doors. But I'm the kind of man that wants to put myself in position that I don't only want to open doors. I want the stuff that God wants to close up to be closed. Somebody had to close the door. God wants to do that. Why are you crying over sport milk? He wants to close the door. He wants to close the door. Let me move. Nehemiah chapter 2. See, Nehemiah shows up and he's told, he hears the story about his hometown. He hears the story about the place he comes out of. And Nehemiah chapter 2 and 2, the Bible says, the king asked him, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? In other words, what's wrong with you? You know, some of you, when you're going through something, we can tell all together. I mean, just, you know, just, just, and some of us, we get to the place where we don't even talk about what's going on. We just prefer to look crazy. I mean, you know what I mean? If, if something's going on, don't just look crazy. Just come in saying, I'm losing my mind. You know, just walk in the church saying that. Don't walk around just looking all broke down. It's just like, if somebody don't pray for me, I'm going to murder somebody today. I mean, just be honest. Nehemiah walking around looking crazy. How many of y'all got friends that just walk around looking all sad all the time? Come on, act like you're telling the truth. You might need to change the circle now. A bunch of y'all raised your hands. Let me move on. Why are you looking sad when you're not ill? That's what he asked them. He said... This can be nothing but sadness of the heart. And this is, what's, this is what Nehemiah said. He said, I was very afraid. But I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins? And its gates have been destroyed by fire. I want to deal with this just for a second because some of us, our eyes are not even open wide enough to know it's ruined places. Uh, Sometimes we're in ruins and we think that it's time to celebrate. Meaning that we're not even sensitive to it. The scriptures talk about how there comes a time where, where mankind would call a lie truth and the truth a lie. That we would be so deceived and confused that we don't know what direction to go in and what direction to take. But I want you to realize that the God of heaven wants to open your eyes to understand and to recognize ruins. Because real rebuilders can always recognize ruined places. Uh, real rebuilders, when they have their eyes wide open they can assess they can feel and can't you notice that this was moving this man not just uh, uh, naturally but in his inner man he was moved by the concept that the place where he came from were in ruins but many of us when we see ruins we decide to stay sad there's a difference from being moved and, and seeing that a change must come. But we can't stay in the place of sorrow. 
<laughs> you've got you to start allowing yourself to view and to see that is in ruin. But now when that sadness comes, you've got to use it. I wish somebody would holler, use it. Uh, well, uh, when that frustration comes, you've got to use it. Do you know all throughout the Bible, there were many times where God would allow emotions to be used for your good. Now, the problem comes is when we allow emotions to run us. Uh oh, we start allowing our soul to control us. Even David said he gave us the revelation. We have the ability to command our soul. What is our soul? It's the seat of our mind, our will, and our emotions. My soul doesn't run me. I run my soul. My soul will not control my day. If I wake up in the morning and things are sad or emotions come up, I can decide what kind of day I want to have. Y'all quiet in here. I can decide what life I want to live. I can decide which way I want to take. If it's going to be, it's up to me, doggone it. And I make a decision that I'm going to live the life I want to live. Many of us have been sad for years over ruined places, but you haven't moved yet. <laughs> you've been sad for years about ruins in your life but you haven't moved yet huh? you've been sad about what happened in your family you were sad about what happened to you as a child you were sad about the job you lost and the fact that you did not finish school and the fact that you messed up in that relationship and the fact that you used to be this and you used to be that and you used to be this I am proud I know some of y'all are like what I'm proud of what I used to be but it's a part of my story I'm not studying your opinion that I used to be a certain way I don't look at you strange when you begin to look at me strange when you get into a place where you're like oh when I say the fact that I used to be a porn addict and then people look at me strange like how are you a preacher how are you a Christian are you still in the situation at least I used to be the shame of my journey I know what I've been through but at the same time I know God used it for a reason <laughs> one day I asked God God why do you send me oh God a multiplicity of holes to my church and the Lord began to y'all quiet in here and the Lord began to tell me Sherman I want to use your past uh, you want to process you through it and so what I'm doing is attracting to you what you used to be some of y'all missed that all together I'm attracting to you what you used to be because you overcame it so now you got the power to overcome it in other people somebody holler use it <laughs> yeah I know you used to be messed up I know you used to act a fool but will you tell your whole story so God can go ahead and use it God wants to get glory out of that John God wants to get glory out of your story man he wants to get glory out of your situation he wants to get glory out of your oopses and your mess ups he wants to get glory out of your mistakes he wants to get glory out of all of it I wish somebody reach your hand to heaven and say get the glory he wants to get the glory, but it's your decision. How long will you remain sorrowful, sad? Some of us have been living a sad life for the past five years. I mean, God, it's been five years since it happened. I know you're sad about losing your house, but how long are you going to be sad before you start rebuilding your life to get yourself to a place to get another one? Huh? Just because I lost one don't mean I can't get another. If I got one before, I can get another one. Y'all ain't saying nothing. If I had one man before, I can get another one. Y'all quiet. If I had one woman before, I, get, I had a job before, I'll get another one. Hit somebody and look like they annoyed by my preaching and say, I will get another.
Why would I cry about closed doors when I serve the God that knows how to open them? Huh? Why would I be sorrowful about things that shut down when I know the God that knows how to activate and turn stuff on? Why would I become frustrated about stuff when I know my God has the ability to turn it around? He can do it. Nehemiah found himself sad. But it's your decision how long you're going to remain sad. Verse 4, the thing God in him. And this is what the king asked him, and it's the question I ask you today. He said, what is it that you want? Y'all are, y'all, some of y'all missing this. I'm going to make sure I lay it out prophetically for you today. What is it that you want? Huh? So you got to know what you really, really desire for God to do. Because I believe that you're I believe that God is about to put you in the season where kings are going to begin to ask you what you need. And if you got to get to a place where you got to know, you're about to miss out on what the Lord has for you. But when God starts sending kings to your life, people in places of rulership and authority and leadership, and they begin to ask you what you want, what you need, you ought to be able to lay that doggone thing out. You ought to be able to open your computer. Y'all ain't saying, here's my business plan right here. This is how much money I need. This is what I want to do, and this is how I want to do it. He said, what do you want? But I want you to watch this man because he did not just naturally respond. Put verse 4 back up. He says, what is it you want? Then what did he say? Then I now, y'all don't like that kind of teaching. And I prayed. I didn't call a mentor. I didn't text a prophet. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't check my, my horoscope for the day. I didn't, I didn't open up uh, my little Chinese cookies. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do any of that. Uh, he said, he said he prays. What is it about 2017 Christians that dare to call themselves Christians but don't pray? What is this? You don't got to like me. I'm going to be a prophet anyway. What is this? About 2017 Christians that refuse to fast. Can't even fast from 12 a.m. to 12 a.m. on Tuesdays. Pastor Byron, they lose their minds. It's like the demons start manifesting. And how many weeks can you say, oops, I ate something? No, that's not a oops food. That's intentional. You don't want to fast. I don't understand why 2017 Christians want God to do all of these miracles and all of this stuff, but they haven't grabbed the understanding of inquiring of God. What's going to get you through this next year is your ability to inquire of the Lord. And if you have a constant relationship with God, I don't have to go to the bathroom to pray. I can inquire of him right there while I'm standing in front of you and he can respond to me right there because I have a constant relationship with God. You think you're deep because you got to take a 30-day fast to make every decision. You ain't deep. You're actually the other side, baby. You are as a carnal as can be. Because I'm letting you know that there's some stuff you ought to just be able to inquire of him. And he tell you right here. I don't have to go and spend a whole lot of time to try to get to you because you're already with me. I don't have to spend a whole lot of time trying to get to you because you walk with me and I walk with you every day like it's the Garden of Eden. Bible says that he prayed to the God of heaven. Scripture doesn't tell us that he went away. 
doesn't say it was a long time. She said he prayed. He inquired of the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. What is your inquiry looking like? How many plans have you made for this new year that God never intended? So the, Lord, the Lord really has been putting some stuff in me to warn the people of God that oftentimes they have fallen into fantasy and not prophecy. You. You're actually fantasizing the life you want to live. But God never told you that before. Fantasy has hit the church so strong. We have been caught up into the culture of fantasy that's in America. We watch people. Y'all don't have to say amen to this. I know it's the truth. We watch people on Instagram. We watch people on Facebook and fantasize what would our life look like if our life was theirs. That's why people, that's why people love watching folks. And you don't have to like this. It's the truth. This is why. We, and, and when I get my show, I hope you watch mine too. I want to say that. But, but, when you, but one of the reasons why people love the Kardashians so bad it's because we look at them and we're like, well, they came from nothing. And they have this great, amazing life. So then we fantasize that somehow that we're going to make a sex video one day. For those that don't know where their success came from. That, that we're going to go find Ray J and sleep with him and, and say, oops, my video got out that I intended to get out in the first place because my best friend had just released one. Paris Hilton and... So we start fantasizing about that. See, see you, you start looking at people's life and the end result, but you don't know what they did to get there. Kim Kardashian had to toot her behind in the air to get the millions. And I don't know about you, it ain't they serious for me. I want to get it God's way. Y'all quiet in here. I want to follow God. If I got to toot my tail, I don't want that kind of money, baby. I will not be a prostitute. I'm going to live the way that God wants me to live so I can get what God wants me to get. I found somebody told him, I know that's right. I know that's right. Come on, Kylie, Kylie, and, and the other one, and uh, Chloe, and all of them living their lives from some place because their sister tooted their tail in the air. If I got a twerk to get it, I don't want it. Y'all quiet in here. I need to, y'all, some of y'all like that kind of stuff. You don't mind that twerk success. I don't want that twerk success. I want that success that comes from the word of God. I want y'all quiet in here. I want that kind of success that comes from obeying God. If I got to twerk it one cheek, next cheek, baby, I don't want it. I'm going to inquire of the Lord. What it is he wants me to do. He says in verse 5, put verse 5 up for me. I got to preach this and go home. The Bible says, and I answered the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried. Leave that up so that I can rebuild it. Watch this man move from sorrow to work. I know you're sorrowful, but your sorrowfulness haven't moved you yet. You still refuse to apply yourself. 
I was talking to somebody this week and telling them uh, that you've got to get into the place where you begin move into application in your life. It doesn't matter how much greatness God allows you to put, put around you, how much greatness starts to talk to you, how many great books you read, how many nice sermons you listen to. doesn't matter how many messages you hear. If you don't move into application, baby, you're never going to find success. you got to apply. I know people who want wisdom, want to be around wisdom carriers, but don't want to listen to what wisdom carriers say. Y'all quiet in here. I know people, you can tell them all day, this fool you should not date. And no, I'm not coming for nobody in here today. There is no current situations I'm speaking of. No reason to email me, text me, or even talk about me on Facebook. I'm just preaching. Next. For everybody that needs to read in all of my messages, next. It does not matter. Those kind of emails go into the right box. Trash. Next. It's important that you understand that you can tell somebody. Now, if a shoe fit, doggone it, wear it, though. That you can get to a place where you can tell people, don't date that individual. I'm telling you, it's not good. Not wisdom. Don't do that. They have no job. They have no license. They have no car. They have no ambitions. He lives with his mama. We all quiet in here because you just want a man so bad that you'll take anyone that calls the name of Jesus. But just because you call the name of Jesus don't mean you're supposed to be mine. I need you to go somewhere and get something of your own. Y'all quiet in here before I come messing with you. Y'all quiet in here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me talk to my guys for a minute. Every woman that wants to be your mama that wants to rub your hair, oh, would you pray my hair? Come on in. Some of y'all remember that. That's back in the day. And so, and so, and so just because they want to put your head on their, their lap and braid your hair, you better go ask Samson something about that hair ministry. Because I'm telling you, all they're trying to do is get their desires out to be somebody's mama early. You better get them hands off your hair and stop letting this girl that just wants somebody to need her to put you in a situation where you messed up. You better go call on Jesus and let Jesus do the work inside of you. You can't braid my dreams. You can't braid my hair. You can't fool with me. Does it matter how much wisdom you're around if you don't do nothing with it? Y'all sound like a bunch of mutes in here. I said, I'll say it again. Don't matter how much wisdom you have if you don't do nothing with the wisdom. You can post as many Instagram quotes as you want to. I ain't believing you because we don't see the manifestation in your life yet. Huh? I don't believe people who don't manifest. I only listen to people that manifest. You don't got to like it. It's the truth. I don't listen to you. If you try to prophesy to me and your prophetic ministry hasn't worked for you yet, I don't listen. Oh, y'all don't like that kind of talk. I do not listen. The Bible says a poor man's wisdom is despised. In other words, not just pouring money, pouring manifestation. Can I say this because I heard it prophetically? It's important that you realize people that want to bring you into any place of deception are the kind of people you want to run from. So the type of people that want to be in any kind of relationship, friend-wise, um, opposite sex-wise, any kind of relationship with you, but then always tells you don't tell anybody. 
That's the devil. I just exposed the devil for you. You ought to pay me something for that. I ain't talking about an offering. You need to give a pastor's offering right there for that one. Uh, I, I, I'm telling you right now. Uh, so that's the devil. The devil is a deceiver. <laughs> God likes stuff in the light. Y'all <laughs> don't want to work in here today. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Cameraman. Follow me if you can. I don't want to be in the place where it's just dark all the time. I got to move to the spaces where there's some light. You understand? I need some places where there's some light sometimes. And some Sometimes people want to keep you in the dark places, but I want to find myself settled. I'm going to sit Indian style right here in the light, doggone it. I'm committed to being in the light. And if you want to keep me in the darkness, we can't be friends. No, we can't go out for coffee. No, we're not going to Coffee Bean. No, we're not going to go to Biology. No, we're not going to Chipotle. We're not going to any place else. Don't invite me to Red Lobster. Don't ask me to go with you to the grocery store. We will not be friends. People that want you to keep all crazy kind of secrets and want you to lie, they can not walk with you. Hit somebody and say, this man is preaching. It's important for you to understand that the light is the best place to live. I want you to think about this. is prophetic to you. How many people want to keep you in dark in your life? Ignorant people prefer to keep ignorant people around them. So as soon as you start getting revelation of where God wants to take it, they get frustrated. Why? Because they like darkness. They, they like the dark places. They don't, they don't want you to ever get no light because if you get light, you might leave them. Y'all are missing this today. You're missing this today. This is prophetic for about 25 of you. That I'm telling you, if you don't end up changing, I, I mean, that thing came up as shadow yesterday. Someone asked, you know, well, how do I make a decision when I, I want to start changing stuff? Do I need to call my people and say, and Dr. Jaquette made a great statement. She said, sometimes, baby, you just got to, you may call them and say, hey, I'm about to make a whole bunch of changes in my life. I hope you're okay with it. I don't have to give you an explanation from point by point. No, you're toxic, and I don't want to be around you, and I don't have to explain it. I don't want to be around you. I don't like you. I don't have to like you. I have to love you. And listen to me. I don't don't want to be around you and I don't have to give an explanation stop wasting your time explaining stuff God told you to do if God told you to do it baby get over here in the light and have you a good time stop hanging out with people that want to keep you in the dark place I found somebody say I know it's right I'm sorry production for my online viewers, I apologize. I hope you were able to catch that. It's important that you understand. God, I got to go. But, but the, God wants you to get to a place where you inquire him and not move by people. Let me move on. Verse, let's drop down to verse number 17, if you will, guys. Verse number 17 uh, of Nehemiah chapter 2. Verse number 17. The Bible says, then he said to them, you see the trouble we are in? Jerusalem lies in ruins, and the gates have been burned with fire. This is Jeremiah talking to the people who are living in this space. He says, it's been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, that we no longer be in disgrace. Now, the reason why I love this is that when you're a real rebuilder, not only will you rebuild, but you will use your influence to cause for others to rebuild. See, when, when you're a real rebuilder, it's not enough for you to have success. 
It's not enough for you to pull the ruins of your life together. It's not enough for you just to be able to pull things together and see yourself prosper and use your story and use the things of the past to become goodness and to become greatness. No, no, it's not enough for you. When you're a real rebuilder, you start looking for people to influence. And you start telling them, if I can do it and if I can receive the vision, baby, we, we can do it. Let's rebuild together. That's why I love this church. We are messed up people. We got jacked up situations, but I've watched people in the year 2017 grab hearts, arms with one another and say, I know you've been down and I've been down too, but let's rebuild together. Let's go up together. Let's go do this together. Look at somebody say, together, 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 together. What you going to do with your influence? Huh? What you going to do with your influence? Are you using your influence for likes? Huh? Are you, are you, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you. Are you using your influence for likes? Are you using your influence for what? What are you using it for? Are you using it to get your own money? Or did you make a decision that I don't want to prosper by myself, huh? I don't want to prosper alone. I want to take as many people with me as possible. Byron, I refuse to be a millionaire alone. I'm going to take as many people who want to go with me, and we're about to get this dog on paper. We're about to stack it high. We're not going to let folks like Cardi B and Meeks, whoever, be able to be in a place where they got more money than us who know the Lord and understand righteousness. Y'all quiet in here. I'm about to show the world what it looks like to serve God and to stack this paper. Know his word and stack this paper. Worship hard and stack this paper. Praise his name and stack this paper. For all of you who deal and struggle with the spirit of poverty, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're okay with being broke. I'm sorry that you're okay with being under and down. But I'm sorry. I got a baby cooking in the oven right now. I got to stack this paper for them and their generation and their generation. Somebody holler, stack this paper. Bible said money answered all things. I know I'm messing with some of your demons right now because some of you don't want to hear this kind of word. But I'm going to tell you today that when you get the right type of money, you can really make moves and changes. That's how you got the president you got right now. It wasn't because of intelligence and it wasn't because of experience. It was because of that paper that was stacked up so high we couldn't see over it. Y'all quiet in here. That paper was stacked up to the heavens. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And he went in there and got and used his influence to get into the doggone White House. People who are moving and shakers, baby, you got to have some money to buy you okay I bind the spirit of poverty off of you in here because some of you can't say amen because you're so stuck in your old season that you don't even like this kind of talk we need the money to be able to change the world I can't change the world if I don't have pain you don't have to have none right now baby just stick with us for a little bit and follow principles of the word the Bible said God will bring you prosperity and good success I got to move. Listen, sit down, please. You got to influence. Use your influence. Ah, verse number 18, will you? Verse number 18. I told, also, I told uh, them also. Uh, excuse me, Lord. Help me, help me read this today. I also told them. Somebody, one of my family members, say, I want you to read the Christmas story for our family Christmas party. I said, I can't read. Lord have mercy. Uh, I also. <laughs> you called the wrong man. Uh, I also told them. 
about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king has said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding. Oh, do you see that? That thing that was in him, he was able to cast the vision so well that it sprung up in them and their response was, if you want to rebuild, let's rebuild. Huh? I think that's the kind of season God is bringing to our house. That's the kind of season God is bringing to kingdom culture. It doesn't matter how much stuff was ruined in 2017. doesn't matter how much stuff fell apart. Look the hot man. I think we just kind of looking at each other like let's rebuild together let's let's do this together let's let's make this happen together somebody holler together so they began this good work come gentlemen they began this good work okay and here's here's the next thing and I, I gotta drop this on you because this is prophetic to you it's going to happen in this new year so i gotta tell you verse 19 verse 19 very quickly but sam ballad uh the horonite and tobiah the ammonite official and geshem and the arab heard about it look at this they mocked and ridiculed us what is this you are doing they asked you're rebelling against the king. Leave that up. Let me tell you, let me tell you in advance. People who refuse to go to the next level will always talk about those who ascend. People that refuse and they refuse change, they start saying stuff like, oh, you think you better than me now, huh? Yeah, because you went and got an education. You think you better than us because you serve the Lord. You think you better than us now. You bought a house. You think you better than us. I see. You got a man. You think you better than me. You started a business. You think you better than me. And this is what I tell people. If you make a decision to stay low and to stay under, I don't think I'm better. I know I am. Y'all don't like that. I know I am because I made a decision that I'm go to the next level if you made a decision to stay low then yes ma'am yes sir i am better don't you dare be moved by the ridiculing of people around you don't you dare be moved by what people have to say i had hard decisions to make closing this year and me and my wife were making decisions about how this would look for kingdom culture in the coming year. And as we were inquiring of the Lord, I said, Lord, what should I do? What should, how should I obey you? What do you want me to do? And the only cons I saw and the things that God was telling me is people talking about me. And God told us and reminded us uh, that has never stopped you before Sherman and Jaquette. Why let it stop you now? Let them talk. You can say I failed if you want to. You can say we closed three campuses and all these eight years. I don't give a horse's tail. You ain't built one thing. At least I had the privilege to build a couple of things. I had the ability. Y'all ain't saying nothing in here. I'm not stunned what nobody has to say. I made a decision and I'll build again. Don't be moved. Here's your instructions. Keep building. Give me verse 20. Here's your instructions. Keep building. And I answered them and said, the God of heaven will give us success. Do y'all see that? I really want that to hit your soul today. I heard that in the spirit. I'm telling you, just for you. God is <laughs> you dare to see. God is about to give you success. I believe that. I prophesied that over this house. I prophesied over this people. Our kind, our type, our tribe. I believe that God is about to give you success. And what you put your hands to, and you let him rebuild you. He's about to do it inside of you. He's going to give him success. And then listen to this. He says, we, his servants, will start rebuilding. Look at what he told these people. And for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim in the historic right. In other words, you ain't got no parts of this. 
You can say whatever you want to say. You can spew whatever you want to spew out of your mouth. Unless you want to rebuild, you have no part in this. You have no stake in this. Do not be troubled and do not be moved. It's time to rebuild. I want to tell somebody in this church in San Bernardino tonight, rebuild, 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 rebuild. Look at somebody around you and tell them rebuild. Look at somebody next to you and tell them rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. Those that are watching online, rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. Rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. Come on, lift your hands. Father, thank you for the grace to rebuild. Bah, let's worship into this moment. Come on, we done created a space now. Come on, let's press into that. We, come on, let's press into that. Rebuild. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The grace to rebuild. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. We're going to take these ruins and we're going to rebuild. <laughs> we're going to take these waste places and we're going to rebuild. We're going to take these places where stuff is falling apart and we're about to rebuild. We're about to rebuild. We're about to rebuild. We're about to rebuild. Oh, we're going to do it together too. We're going to rebuild. We hope that you enjoyed this message. We would love for you to come worship with us here again at Kingdom Culture Worship Center. We are all about being real people, serving a real God, and changing lives. Have a blessed week.